www.staggeringstories.net podcast series one number four big isn't it I'm Adam. Hello, I'm Andy. And uh, hello, I'm Keith. <laughs> why? What the? Why the? What? Why did you do that? Do what? Keith. Well, he needed to go on a new journey. Where hasn't he been? Um. Well, okay. Um. If you're wondering where Keith is this I've evening, I've got to sponge him off the walls. Well, I was going to ask. He's going to clean up the mess. Um. If you're wondering where Keith is this evening, we've um sent him to the afterlife to maybe to 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 find out um <clears throat> just what the score is uh yes i worry about you what what else could we do well you can pass me that mop and bucket for a start oh, oh god uh, anyway um yes welcome to what should be number four series one number four of our podcast yes this well the main bulk of the podcast is recorded on the first of august back with the when the other podcast was recorded. Giving away our secrets here. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's only fair, though, because basically we overdid it slightly. Hmm. Well, Just, we lost track of time. and uh, um, We waffled. And then it's we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we're still recording. So, anyway, uh, on to the first thing, which is... Um, I believe we have a special challenge for me this evening. We do? We do. Uh, we're about to talk about Star Trek. Ah, okay. And basically, we have to have this entire conversation yeah, without me sounding at all smug about right. Star Trek being cancelled. Okay. Which is going to be very difficult for mm -hmm. me. Well, you know, as a Doc 2 fan, you're not entirely in mm. safe ground there. Well, no, that's why I'm being smug that, ha, Trek's now cancelled. We're not. We're, we're smashing television. But it was kind of cancelled. No, 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 no. They're always going to bring it back, you see. Um, uh, and uh, uh, there was Search Out Science yeah. and Dimensions in Time and McGann and TV and, movie, yeah. and 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 um, Scream um, of the Shalka. Uh, Scream of the Sh yes, Scream of the Shalka. Yeah, yeah. And Comic Relief. Comic, 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 comic Relief. Yeah. Yes. Um, hmm. Yeah, it was uh, dead. It was dead. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Dead on the head of poetry. Mm. Um, Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Now, how the hell do you discuss That's... such a subject? Well, uh, it all began, I suppose, in 1966. 1966 with the Five? original pilot. 66, I think it was. I have no idea. Cage. 66-69, if I recall yeah, correctly. Yeah, but uh, so it would have been 65. Oh, I don't care. The Cage was 1965. It was 1963, so I couldn't give a damn. Yeah, but I was thinking about it. I think looking back at it, though, the Star Trek of that era, the original Star Trek, is probably a lot more watchable than the Doctor of the same era. I mean, the Doctor of the same era, black and white, very slow feeling compared to the 45-minute Star Trek. We are talking about budgets here. Not just budgets, but no. I'm not sure budgets were great. It's just a different style of TV, I think, yeah, the time in America compared to here. I mean, there was a lot more crash-bang wallet in Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, uh, whereas Doctor Who was a lot that slower. That's that the thing. I mean, American. 
I mean, not just science fiction, but I mean, American TV in general, they do rely more upon, well, action as opposed to um, a gradual plot development. Yeah. Although there wasn't really that much action in the original Star Trek. I mean, when you think of action in the original Star Trek, you think of Kirk, Kirk ripping open rip his shirt. <laughs> exactly. And dancing around some bloke in a rubber that. suit. I've seen Troughton do that. <laughs> ripped open his shirt. <laughs> no, maybe not Don- ripped open his shirt. No. Dance around in a rubber suit. <laughs> Available from the Who shop. Um, <laughs> Half <yeah>. price. <laughs> So, I mean, the original series, it's, it's, again, thing about this, I was going to make this point a little bit later on because we're going to discuss the five doctors. But I think, I think the original series is important. Yeah. The original series broke a lot of boundaries. I mean, bearing in mind, I mean, the original series, um, just over 20 years after the ending of the Second World War, I mean, they had, um, an Asiatic character. Yeah. I mean, okay, bearing in mind, sort of, I mean, I mean, America's main adversary in the Second oh World War was, uh, <laughs> Was Japan? <laughs> yeah, <Hello. laughs> and, I can uh, include a proper oh my if we need one. Oh my! And um, bearing in mind that uh, America was just going into the Vietnam War as well, so I mean, Asiatic people weren't exactly flavour of the month at that time. Yes, yeah, so given the general um, consensus of opinion. Mm. Plus, at that time as well, the uh, civil liberties movement was going very strong. Yeah, so of course, having a hero in it, I mean that. Well, as I say, plus the first interracial kiss in um, the episode Whom Gods Destroy. Yeah. As I say, I mean, it did set the benchmark for a lot of science fiction TV in years to come. Oh, yeah. Possibly, but I do think Ahura's... I mean, fair enough, as a role model, great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the actual character didn't have much to do. No, you couldn't get away with that today. I mean, it really she, was. We're going to have a black character for the sake of having a black character. Yeah, well, fact, none of the it. characters, apart from perhaps the main three, had much to do. No, a Scotty, possibly. Scotty, somewhat. Sulu and Chekhov. Well, Chekhov only came in the second series, didn't he? Uh, That's it. I mean, there again, I mean, okay, he was another sort of, well, another groundbreaking character. I mean, okay, I mean, I think well, they are, well possibly, I mean, but at the same time, I think it's just the it's thing a cynic is, I mean, me. I mean, okay, sort of late 60s, I mean, sort of, I mean, okay, back in, back in the 50s, I mean, there was a spectre of McCarthyism hanging over everything. And so having, having a, I mean, a Russian me- uh, bridge member, a yeah, member of the bridge crew, rather, I mean, with such an important role. Yeah, perhaps, but again, like I say, it's the cynic in me. I'm not looking at it through, I'm ignoring my own advice, which is to put it in context, which is exactly what you're doing. You are putting it in context. I'm thinking to myself, is it that important? But maybe back then it possibly back was. Back then it was, yes. I mean, I didn't start watching Star Trek till oh, early 70s, I think. Um, I've never been a great fan of the original Star Trek. No. Mm-hmm. It's all right, and to an extent, I can watch it nowadays. Okay, depends which episode. Most of the time, I will end up pointing at the screen and howling my head off, laughing, or, <laughs> or cringing at Shatner. No, howling my head off and laughing at right. Shatner. Mm-hmm. I only cringe at him when I have to play him on the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> my listening figures go up when I play Shatner. It's just no, it's not right. So um, it's a suicide, right? <laughs> well, mm. very possibly. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I enjoyed the original. Series up to a point. Obviously, I wasn't born until 74, so I'm way after the original series came on. But watching it on, I think it was on BBC Twos, you know, on weekdays, my father used to watch it. And I never really got into it as a child. I always thought it was something a bit, you know, a bit boring, frankly. Did you like Erwin Allen? (laughs) No, I didn't think much of that either. Voyage to the Bottom bottom of the the Sea, sea. starring Richard Bateheart, who always got clobbered. 
Oh, no, that's funny, though. Did he? Every episode, something would happen for him that you get clobbered on the head. <laughs> I mean, I must confess, with Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, I mean, uh, the first season was very it was very watchable, actually. I mean, okay, it's in black and I white. I heard that. Oh, there's nothing wrong with black and white. Yeah, but there again, I mean, the second season was, I mean, here's the monster of the week. Now, you see, I'm seeing a theme here, to a certain extent. First seasons of things, or maybe even first two seasons of things, have a tendency to stick by their guns and actually be quite good trying to develop the same that trek yeah it's the original trek i mean it did a, it again it's easy to look back on it now familiarity breeding contempt it's uh, not so much that i mean space 1999 i mean okay yeah. if my if my my interjects i mean uh you often <laughs> frequently like one of those <laughs> i mean the thing is with voice to the bottom of the sea i mean okay i mean it descended into pantomime farce it really did i mean some of the monsters were i mean Bordering on, let's just say, well, the ludicrous. I mean, there was one episode where the sea view is taken over by a gun-toting clown, <laughs> and another one where um, cloth Batman, isn't it? <laughs> the film where cloth cloth effigies of the uh, crew of the sea view come alive and um, basically try and take control. Which it happens all the time, doesn't it? Well, what cracks me up about it? If it, it wasn't so surreal, it would be. Um, it's an Urban Allen series, though. I mean, <laughs> well, I never saw got into Land of the Giants, but um, I mean, look at Lost in Space. That got silly. Hmm. Was Lost in Space before Trek? I don't mm. really know the timeline. Yet. I, that was black yes, and white. Yes, I think it was. I think it was yeah. And I think that's part of the reason Trek got delayed slightly. Oh, really? Yeah, because they thought they'd go with Lost in Space. I could be wrong. I don't know my Trek history. The trouble is, I think it's fair to say. I mean, especially by my own reaction here, I think we've realised. That the original Trek was an important science fiction show, mm-hmm. an yeah. important television show. It's just that familiarity has bred contempt. Con- contempt. It's like contempt, just a bit more bitter. Um, <laughs> and it needs reevaluating, or from a modern day perspective, perhaps. Um, well, bearing in mind, I mean, one thing I could point out is the, um, well, the Enterprise itself. I mean, you know, okay, sort of in American science fiction. I mean, sort of ships, you know, sort of you know, spaceships. Were either sort of the typical rocket shaped. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do or, hand gestures. <laughs> <laughs> they can't great see them. It works great or, fly, <laughs> or flying saucer types. Yeah. Lost in space, yeah. Ah, Forbidden, yeah, Planet. Too, yeah. forbidden Planet. Ah, that's one of, that's one of my favourite films, Forbidden Planet. Anyway. But it's certainly true that I think American TV, even now, probably certainly back then too, was is a lot more conservative than British TV. Oh, yes. So perhaps that was a bigger thing, some of the Star Trek innovations than it would have yes. been if it happened here. Yes, fair comment. Very fair comment. But I don't really remember Dog 2, for example, making any big thing of interracial kisses. There's nothing like that in the series. No. I mean, I don't think there were any. No, I don't think there were. I mean, the thing is, I mean, Doctor Who was very character-driven. It was, and the characters always tended to be very same. You look at the companions, you know, young women, mainly. Who I often do. interchangeable. Well, the thing about Doctor Who and, and Star Trek is they're two very different series. They are. Um, now, you see, I, I also have the added problem that, and this is sort of laying myself a little bit bare. I mean, yeah. and, and the two aren't, in, they're not interchangeable. I mean, no. I mean, Star Trek is very, very American, whereas, I mean, Doctor Who is quintessentially English. I suppose the man wearing British. the Shatner, yeah. the Warhol Shatner t-shirt. Warhol Shatner t-shirt, There is yes. a feeling in Star Trek of America going out there and 
conquering the world. Well, conquering, but certainly Blind being out there and mm. ruling it. Trying to rule it in some fashion or yeah. bring um, their morality to other worlds. Well, that which... actually got raised in Deep Space Nine by Quark. Did it? Yes. They basically turned around and sort of said, your Federation is nothing but a sham. You yeah. turn around and you preach all this, but you want everybody to be like you. You cannot yeah. accept anybody with different values. And that's the true of America. I mean, look at Iraq, frankly. Yeah. They saw that. Um, yeah, but we're wandering into, into our politics. Oh, indeed. <laughs> uh, I think laying myself open here a little bit um, and being completely honest, I do have trouble discussing Star Trek. It's possibly even especially the original series. And this is a very stupid personal thing. And it's not something I can explain. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can't rationalise it. Yeah, I can intellectually say no, this is wrong. But emotionally, I can't help but be a little bit bitter at Star Trek Why? because of its success, because of just how often I, as a Doctor Who fan, yeah, you would have it. The insert naughty word here ripped out of me, etc. And it was always old oh, Star Trek's much better. Really? Yeah, and because I like Doctor Who. I'd, I'd, I'd really have to insert another naughty word here. Dripped out. I, I know, Star I, Trek was more acceptable to the general public because it was more brainless. Because of the action, oh, and, and the punching and this, that, and the other. Whereas Doctor Who, as we've said, is yeah. a little bit more... So I, 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 to a certain extent, have always felt a slight bitterness towards Star Trek, which is ludicrous. Especially, I mean, I, I love Next Gen and Deep, yeah, Deep Space I mean, Nine. Two an hour sword, I mean, it's to, stupid. To Absolutely somebody stupid. who doesn't, well, to, to a mainstream type person, to a typical sort of lager swilling, sun reading um, football fan. Sun looking, <laughs> we established this. Oh, sun looking, sorry. <laughs> I mean, whether it's Star Trek or um, Doctor Who, I mean, they're still, I mean, you're still going to get the same patronising comments. I mean, that's what I think. Anyway. Up to a point. I think, um, and Adam and I were discussing this earlier, I think as, if we move on to Next Generation. Yep. The success of The Next Generation brought it to a more mainstream audience. Mm-hmm. If you were a devoted Star Trek fan, yes, you still got labelled with the nerd brush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, a lot of people who wouldn't consider themselves to be nerds still enjoyed Star Trek, The Next Generation. I'm not sure many would admit it. I think there's quite a lot of closet fans. <laughs> yeah. But I think, to me, I've always, perhaps more as a Doctor Who fan than a Star Trek fan, always thought the Star Trek fans had a slightly worse reputation in in general circles, you know, Trekkies and... Well, possibly, but I th- again, I think that's more down to the fact that it was more well-known yeah. to a certain extent. It's more worldwide yeah, I mean, and I mean, regardless, they're I mean, more American. Yeah, yes. but, yeah, regardless, I mean, I'm I still feel there's that, gen- that general air of ignorance about the whole matter. I mean, whether, yeah. it's, whether it's Star Trek or Doctor Who. Oh, I, I totally agree. But the thing or is, any, even any in, other science fiction. Even in a fandom, going back essentially to the convention circuit, there are again. It's a mini culture. It's a. It's a, It's a, I still can't think of the actual word I want. It. It will come to me. Theodolite. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you Pip and Jane Baker? Megabyte modem. Ah yes. Sorry, wasn't that a character out of the Tomorrow People? Um, <laughs> Megabyte. No, that was a reboot. That was. Uh, within fandom, there are stratas. There are layers. You could. You could easily do the old TW3 sketch of class. I look down on him because. He is working class. I look up mm-hmm. to him because he is upper class. I am middle class. Yeah. You could do that with fans. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually, I think, I can't remember, it was me and John Head, or I'm not sure, but we're going to write up a Doctor Who version of that and do it at a fan Olympia. Yeah, but I mean, that is, I think that's very much in 
it can tame within the whole sort of spectrum of science yeah, fiction. Yeah, but the thing is, it's what I I'm mean, trying to say is yeah, it to, reflects... to all, in, to all in, intents and purposes, to any outsiders, I mean, it's, well, science fiction, they're nerds. No, 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 you're missing my point here. It's a sub... Again, I've, I can't think of the right word. Subculture. No, no culture's wrong. Substrata? No. Um, Submarine? It, 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 <laughs> voyage to the... No. Um, <laughs> I look up to it. But what I'm saying is, it's human nature. Mm-hmm. It, it's a mirror. I mean, fandom is a mirror on real life. Oh, well, I say real life. God, yeah. um, it, it's 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 um structures within structures within structures. Basically, um, football fans look down on Doctor Who fans, who look down possibly on Star Trek fans. But everybody has to have somebody to look down upon so mm. that they can feel good about what they do. Yeah. Now that exists within fandom in its own little uh, microcosm. And it also exists in a far wider context. Um, everybody is a fan of something. Coronation Street fans have a tendency to write in to sort of say, Dear Deirdre, better watch out, matey boys after you. <laughs> Nobody's ever sort of written to the BBC saying, uh, Dear Doctor, the Master's after you, better watch your back. <laughs> better have. Uh, yeah, but I reckon they might have been about five. Probably. And in crayon, but rather I mean, than, you know, 50-something. Those are the type of people who, I mean, who have very great difficulties sort of um, separating... Reality from fiction. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell basically received death threats after killing off James Kirk. But he didn't kill him, so Kirk fell off a bleeding gantry. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, so he, save us all. Nobody, <laughs> nobody has it yet. To stop us from his singing. Yeah. Nobody has yet sent a death threat to David Banks as the cyber leader for killing Adric. Fan mail. Possibly, <laughs> yeah. um, the, the point is, everybody is a fan of something, and I, I, I apologise for um, basically misquoting the completely useless encyclopedia. But stamps were basically uh, created as a form of revenue, raising revenue for the post office. Yeah. Trains were basically created as a means of transport. Yeah. Doctor Who or Star Trek or whatever was created as a means of entertainment. Yeah. People are obsessive fans about each. What's more understandable? Mm, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah? Everybody is a fan of something. Nobody should therefore look down on the people who are fans of something different to what you are a fan of. However, you can't but help they but look down on them. Because they do, Exactly. Thus endeth the sermon. <laughs> Next gen. Next gen. Okay, well, that's where I really came in. I was... Yeah. What was that, 87, I think, that came out in America? yeah. I met up again, about 89, I met up with a kind of crawly mob, and uh, dodgy copies of Next Gen Season 1 started turning up in video recorders. No idea how that could have happened. I don't know. And that's when I first started seeing it, about 89, and... I quite liked it, even first season back then. I'm not sure I'd like it watching it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but All those 80s haircuts. <laughs> Obviously, Doctor was winding up by that point. Uh, I don't think it had finished at that stage. It's end of 89. 89. End of 89, mm-hmm. it finished. Mm-hmm. So another two years left. Isn't it? So, uh, well, another few months. <laughs> it was winding up for to go on its summer holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Came back, though. Did it? Sub- yeah. Sabbatical. <laughs> Yeah, yes, Hi- hiatus. Hiatus. Eh? Second hiatus. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> Series 30 next year. <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I greatly enjoyed it, and uh, I started renting them out of the video shops, and they appeared in the rental 
video. way before they came on BBC Two. Before they came What's on video? Video, it's this old sort of magnetic tapes in this kind of plastic cartridge you put into this machine, and there are somehow pictures and video images it's on this It's the thing tape. you still wish you had running because you keep missing things because your um, plus box or whatever it is keeps forgetting to record things. Ah, uh, it doesn't actually happen. I thought it happened once. Uh-huh. With a, it's a Jekyll, but it hadn't. Uh-huh. Uh, well, and the Infinite Quest? Yeah, I hadn't said it. <laughs> but I'm not too worried. <laughs> okay. not too worried. Yes, I'll stick with my video recorder. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, well, back then, uh, you know, video recorder was very handy. Um, Background on video recorder. Eh? What? <laughs> <laughs> it was very easy. Carry for, on. For, just, for, just carry on. I will. <laughs> it was very easy back then for copies to... F- fall from one video into another. Mm. Uh, that's uncanny. Copied. It mm. was uncanny. But next gen started to build up its own mythology, didn't it, really? It did, and the characters got a fair crack of the whip. Oh, very much so. Every character got at least one episode a season. It, but it, it was very much, to a certain extent, you know, a character of the week. Yeah. You know, it's Troy's turn this week. It's Riker's turn to <laughs> lurch. <this week. laughs> I think it's very much a case of good timing, actually, because, I mean, I think the whole, yes. the whole mentality as in America... Was I mean it is it's it is time for a new Star Trek series? They, yeah, British captain always helps. Or French, <laughs> French. Mm, he was right. French. Lebas. Why do all the French people have British accents and, <laughs> and no hair? Um, <laughs> ah, yes. Now you see that that's a couple of running themes in Star Trek. Yeah, I mean you've got um, Britain takes over France. I like the idea. <laughs> no, um, no. I mean bald captains. Bald captains. I mean Shatner was bald. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, he just started throwing ferret on his head. Oh, that's spack. Um, yeah. <laughs> you had, obviously, um, yeah, Picard. Picard. Uh, Cisco. Mm-hmm. Cisco went bald mm-hmm. suddenly, uh, overnight. So did Janeway. <laughs> you say that's a wig? No, 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 no. There's an episode like <laughs> where she has no hair. <laughs> okay. Deep Space Nine. Very militaristic. Deep Space Nine, there are, if you look at the two Bible stream Babylon 5 ah, you see, this is where you turn uh, around and say things Jacques. yeah there are some obvious similarities uh-huh. which got written first B5 uh-huh. so how did the people at DS9 see the B5 because JMS J. Michael Straczynski uh, pitched it to several different studios before he ended up at uh, Warner Brothers uh-huh. P10 and Paramount was one of those people that saw it before they went into production with DS9. Mm. So you think that very possibly... Jeremy uh, actually at one point did a, a comparison of the two, and it's pretty shocking, the similarities between the, the, particularly the pilot of DS9 and the B5 concept. So do you think that basically the names got changed by the lawyers to protect the innocent, and it's so he can't sue? I think what happened... I don't think the writers necessarily knew, but I think the suits kind of pitched a general theme, a few ideas uh, down bear, to the writers. Bearing in mind this, what's the uh, first series? Yes, yeah, first uh, series of Star Trek to be made without Gene Roddenberry. It was, and the whole set on a space station was obviously very different to anything that came before. Only sitting still. Yeah, and uh, what else? Did- I forget the whole list of things. But no, I mean, one thing I must mention is, um, well, I mean, I mean, okay, there's Benjamin Sisko, and I think Sisko is a lot more animated than um, Jeffrey Sinclair. In, well, certainly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was, but certainly yeah. in later seasons. 
Yeah. Um, However, not as animated as Sheridan. (laughs) (laughs) Swear he was on crack. The characters aren't directly related, I don't think. No. It's the idea of the station being the hub, being Mm. outside a kind of a a major wormhole, or in B5's case, it's it's a a jump gate. And the planet. It's between between every major alliance. Mm. Between every major major power alliance. Exactly. Everybody had an ambassador there. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a very similar thing with DS9. It's I mean, DS9 and Babylon 5 were all very much sort of consular places. Exactly. Exactly. And you had captains which ne- didn't necessarily want to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the pilot, I mean, you had uh, a changing character. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the captains, they did very much act as an intermediary between warring factions. Yeah. Which could be set up both ba- yeah, sort of, um, DS9 and Babylon 5. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you had kind of quite a rich backdrop for both series you had obviously the uh, whole Cardassian war thing mm-hmm. uh, the mystery or something outside the gate there's a lot of backstory there with DSI which is unheard of in any previous Star Trek or mm. since I mean the thing is yeah, I mean, as, as you say yeah. I mean sort of, right. in DS9 you've got the wormhole in uh, Babylon 5 you've got the uh, hyperspace portals yeah. I mean as you say sort of I mean you could draw the comparison of what you know what is residing in um, in hyperspace. I mean, in DS Nine, you had the um, right the uh, Bajorans call them the um, oh, what did prophets. They yeah, the prophets. Yeah. Whereas in Babylon Five, I mean, I mean the shadows. I mean that's where they were sort yes. of spending a lot of their time. I yeah. mean, sort of you know, quietly amassing their forces for another strike. Mm. Yeah, th- there are quite a lot of similarities, which can't be a coincidence. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but having said that. They did diverge quite radically, quite quickly, thankfully. So <laughs> I, I, it's not a bad thing they're so similar at the beginning. It goes to show you how different two series of a similar premise at the beginning can be. And obviously I'm a big B5 fan, so I, <laughs> I prefer the way that uh, B5 went. But even towards the end of this... Series 5? Even Series 5. But it is interesting that the end of DS9, they started bringing story arcs. I it's think very it was much more than um, the end. I, mean, I think it was a bit sooner than that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean the find the end of the first series of DS. Well, I mean, real the, of the second series. The whole of season six, I think, as I recall, the final season or was it seven? Was basically uh, basically one big story arc. Well, well DS Nine. As soon as the, I mean, one as comparison as, I could make. Um, yeah. I mean, in both the closing episodes, I mean, both the captains, I mean, are snatched away. To be taken somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, sort of Sheridan. I mean, okay. I mean, oh, right. Admittedly, he was on his last legs. It, it also was set in the future, so it's a bit of a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he was taken out beyond the rim to be with the the uh, elder races. Yeah, it's or ambiguous was what happened. He? Or was yeah, he? Yeah. Or was he just dead? Yeah, or whatever. And, <laughs> well, I mean, that's for the uh, viewers to decide. That is. Yeah, exactly. And, flushed um, him out of an airlock. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Damn Babylon toys. Bear. That is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, DS9, I mean, okay, I mean, it was obvious that Cisco was you know, going to return at some time in the future. <laughs> yeah, but there again, he was with the Prophets. Yeah, great Prophet, Zarkwan. Uh, Belgium. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any plagiarism going on there. I think that's a fairly natural way to end the series, to kill the main character or get them out of the way in yeah. some way to just bring a closure to the series. I, I, I agree with you about the, the story arc thing, but I think it wasn't just B5. I think B5 possibly the way. But it other did. series were doing some X-Files, for example, which rapidly vanished up his own arsehole. 
Yeah, um, X-Files tried. But you, they, the thing with X-Files, unlike B5 and latter bits of DS9, X-Files don't think, so you know, no obvious way to detect it, that don't think there's an overall plan. No. Whereas with B5, the whole thing was written, the whole five-year story was written before anything was even filmed at all. Yeah, mm, that's it. Um, and the same, I'm sure, with the final season of DS9. The, the basic plot was all there before I started filming season seven. Voyager. Voyager. Mm. We like the Doctor. Hollow Doc. We like the Hollow Doc, and that's it. I didn't get very far with Voyager, to be honest. I watched the first season. A bit too politically two. correct for my liking. Far too. I mean, that crew. My God, how carefully sculptured was that crew? They were just so bland. I mean, after DS9, <laughs> the characters in DS9 were real characters. They they each had, again, a bit like B5, they each had their own personality, each had their own agendas. Mm-hmm. They weren't all command by the book sort of people no. in DS9. It was a very good ensemble cast. Um, but Voyager, they're just cookie-cutter characters who <laughs> very much so. interchangeable and... Mm, yep. I'd say the only two characters, I mean, who genuinely showed some sort of evolution over the course of the entire series were, um, as you both previously stated, the um, Holodoc. Yeah. And uh, Seven of Nine. Oh, Seven of Nine. I haven't seen many Seven of Nine Mm. because she came in in season three or something. Um, Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Seven of Nine, I'm afraid I'm incredibly cynical about. I mean, okay, all right. Her character was there purely for sex appeal. Sex appeal. And it's a case of we've got a report. We can oh really go to town. We take use that go to town on the character development with her mm-hmm. to the expense of practically every other character except everyone's favourite character, the Holodoc. And hey, so hey. the two got teamed up together, and the rest of the cast unfortunately really got sidetracked. Really, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a great premise. I think pilot episodes. The I, pilot episode. A pilot mm. episode of Voyager was fantastic. Mm, I really liked yes. it. I wouldn't say it's pilot fantastic, ep- but... Well, I thought it was at the time. Uh, the pilot episode of DS9, I wasn't so happy with. I actually uh, saw that back-to-back with B5's pilot. Well, if you remember, I wasn't that impressed with B5's pilot. I, I really was. Uh, that's Watching what put the, me off the show. two of those back-to-back. Although, looking back at it now, it's hard to see why I liked it so much, because the pilot episode of B5 is pretty ropey. <laughs> well, the pilot episode, you have to watch and sort of fast-forward on your video, so sort of Sinclair can sort of sound <laughs> yeah. at normal speed. I mean. The pilot episode of... <laughs> Yeah. Pilot episode of Next Gen, again, pretty ropey. Very ropey. <laughs> I just love the fact that all the Q stories are practically all the Q stories. Yeah. Mm. Uh, had Q in the title. Yeah, Q something. Mm. Yeah, so Encounter at Farpoint really should have been Far Q. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sums yeah, it up. Yeah. Shall we move on from Voyager to Enterprise? Um, I was, was going to say something. Did you say something? Go on. Go on. I think it's, it's think, squeeze mind. it out, man. Squeeze no, it no, out. No, 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 better not. <laughs> <laughs> Clench. <laughs> well, I think there's, there's probably a pattern here. With, they say there's a pattern with Star Trek films, odds and evens. Mm-hmm. Mm. The odd films are generally bad. The even up films to the next gen films, and then so many, yeah, okay. after first contact, they sort of fell apart. I've remembered. Yeah. Oh, he's Enterprise. Enterprise. As I was about to say, there's a pattern. <laughs> there's a pattern with the films, odds and evens, and I think there's a pattern with the pilots to good and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next gen, bad pilot, good series. DS9 for me at least a bad pilot, good Brilliant series. Brilliant series. Voyager, good pilot, bad series. <laughs> Enterprise, 
good pilot, bad series. Mm. Yeah. So Again, I mean, the crew were very carefully sculptured. Mm. And, and a little down. bit rough around the edge, <laughs> but... I mean, token Brit and a token black, I mean... Not just that, but you also had poor old Mr. Straight to Video himself yeah. as the captain. Scott Peculiar, however you pronounce it. It's a shame, because the man's a damn fine actor. Mm. Yeah. Oh, he is, yeah. That's um, clearly, if you've ever seen Quantum Leap. Mm, yeah. Quantum Leap, yes. I don't think Wonderful. he was given much chance to really shine in certainly the Enterprise episode I saw. No, the one first. Enterprise episode. I watched all the first season of Enterprise, and that's when I gave up. I didn't like mm. the fact that, uh, I think it was Series 3, they decided, oh, 9-11's happened, we're going to do a reaction to that. I heard about that. It and it was, frankly, I think Roddenberry would have been deeply offended by it. Yeah. Something attacks Earth, causes a major, it's a major terrorist attack on Earth. Yeah. So the Enterprise gets sent off into this forbidden zone or whatever to track down the culprits and stop them from destroying the Earth completely. Mm. And they get all militaristic and tough. Bombing the caves in Afghanistan. Yeah, basically. And eventually <laughs> they manage, with the help of a couple of allies that they've managed to talk around from the, you know, from the bad guy's point of view, that's, um, they manage to stop the one remaining bad guy who's out mm. to... Okay. It's, it really is... It, I, I honestly think that's an insult to Roddenberry's memory. I um, suppose on the plus side, at least they started doing story arcs at yeah. that point. Well, on the <laughs> plus side, Enterprise only lasted five years. I think Enterprise was very much a wasted opportunity. Oh, very much. A Star Trek at its height could be damn fine science fiction and oh, damn entertaining. So. Um, my favourite to see, it has to be Deep Space Nine, very much. Mm -hmm. Deep, yeah. um, especially once you get into it, mm -hmm. the arc really pays you off. They're great characters. Too, uh, and it, what the hell, it's, it's got a lounge singer. And uh, <laughs> and next gen, quite simply, because it was at its time, it was a blast of fresh air again. It was nice to see some decent science fiction, decent money spent on it, again. and and you you actually were able to invest emotion in the characters. The characters were good in in next gen, and they Deep were, Space Nine, in Deep Space Nine, mm, even yeah. more so, perhaps in Deep Space Nine. But, but somewhere there online, they lost the knack yeah. badly, and I honestly think it's J and T syndrome, because the same yes. man was in charge for far too long. Yeah. Berman, was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rick Berman and uh, Bran Braga. Yeah, Man who just loves his time travel stuff. Mm. Um, one, one thing I thought was a big shame about both Voyager and Enterprise is that they were, you know, Voyager, they're out there in the middle of nowhere, no backup. There should have really been, for me, I, I thought there should be a sense of wonder, terror, the unknown. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like that. It was like, you know, as if they were back in their own home quadrant, yep. as if they were <laughs> wandering around as they did in Next Gen. Yeah. There was no sense of danger, really. No sense of the unknown, the, the majesty, the wonder of. And being... somehow, they managed to kick the ass of the cyber, uh, the, the the Borg. Um, <laughs> Was that intentional, Tony? Possibly. Um, you know, suddenly these great, terrifying, mm. uh, hive-minded, possible rip-off creatures <laughs> that everyone's terrified of. One ship can destroy a whole Starfleet fleet. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and suddenly the Voyager's kicking the shit out of them. Well, that's yeah. The Borg were watered down throughout their. They should time. have been. I mean, the, it got established that yeah, the Borg were in the Delta Quadrant uh, back in old. Uh, I think it was Q, not Q squared. Q who? Um, Q -who. Mm, Q -who. um yeah, that. Come on, Cybermen. Q who? When the Borg get first? Ah. I'm sorry. I mean, what? What sort of a title is Q who? How does that apply to the actual? 
<laughs> come on, come on. How does the title apply to the story? Yeah. Who, who are they? Yeah. <laughs> what uh -huh. are they? Uh -huh. They're the Borg. Uh-huh. Okay, you're struggling here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, think that's uh, smoking gun. I afraid, think, but... I mean, even speaking as a committed Doctor Who fan, and I should be committed, that is, the world needs Star Trek. Science mm. fiction needs decent Star Trek. I... Because it is so popular, the world it can enough. do it can be damn fine television and do oh, yeah. a lot of good because of it. Maybe. However, when it, the money becomes more important, yes, then the the product that's when it becomes a money making machine. That's when there's a problem. What wild things, things have... Danes like? Okay. Now I apologise for the pronunciation of this. Well, now lists. Hige. <laughs> Hige. H-Y-G-G-E. Uh, what's that? <laughs> what is that? Enjoying life with family and friends. They are just incredible. How do they live this wild life? This wild, wacky life. I mean, and, and the last one of these for the moment. Going to football games and other games. Really? Yeah. How do, do they beat people up or anything? I, 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 I mean, just, all this DIY and... And, and barbe outdoor barbecuing. Oh, barbecues, yeah. Yeah, outdoor barbecuing. It's, it's, and uh, outdoor, outdoor events. Yeah, fitness. Mm, all fitness. And exercise, of course, including cycling to and from work. Water sports. Mm, water sports, yeah. I think that's in the privacy of their own rooms, if, I, if, I, if I'm <laughs> honest. Okay, moving on. First of all, I can happily reassure you that the head of Pertwee has returned. Hooray! Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh. Uh, oh, I can't see him. Oh dear! Oh, well, no, 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 no! Please don't, don't, don't! Climb up the table. Oh, his hair's falling off. <laughs> oh, it is. It's rot for you. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Such a glue, I think, is needed. <laughs> Embalming fluid. Right. Uh, so, actually, it's time for Doctor Who. Multi-Doctor Epic. Ah, did Multi-Doctor Epics. Oh, no. Multi-Doctor Epics. Talking of which, we decided as we'd basically, um, well, run out of a new series of Doctor Who to talk about, we thought we'd talk about, well, um, the first one that was released on DVD. Previous yes, classics. And it's been messed around with, fiddled with. There's been lots of different versions of it. Uh, no, I'm not talking about Genesis of the Daleks. I'm talking about The Five Doctors. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ah. <laughs> More a sort of fart of Rassilon, really. But we'll get on to the music. Look out, he's behind you. <laughs> Immortality. Immortality. Now, the first thing we've got to work out is, I mean, what is there left to be said about The Five Doctors that is new? Probably nothing. Well, no, um, I, I'm not so certain. I mean, yeah. there, there, there's a certain lack of goats. Two of them are now dead. <laughs> well, that's no, never three. been said about the Five Doctors before. Probably true. Well, exactly. There is a lack of goats in the Five Doctors. A lack of goats? Yes. What is it with you and goats? What is it with you and goats? <laughs> that's what I want to know. The trouble we've got is, how do we go through the Five Doctors? Um, first of all, it's available cheaply. Uh, nine Ooh, quid. Nine pounds when I bought is it, it in version. Yeah. Yes. Nine quid is exactly the same. The cardboard box job. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, um, <laughs> context, first of all, is important. I think when we're going to start talking about archive Doctor Who releases, context is important. Now, we mentioned something similar in Star Trek. 
mm-hmm. yeah. context of uh, the original series. We're talking early 80s. Shut up. 83? <laughs> I know what you were about to do. 1983, yes. And that's nearly 25 years ago. I know, it's now, incredible. It, it is. Well, if you actually put it together, I mean, Silver Nemesis was the 25th anniversary Doctor Who story. Yeah. And I remember sort of sitting there watching and thinking, it was the 25th anniversary story. Time really does fly. I, I was thinking about it in these terms. It's only... Now, how long goes three doctors? It feels like forever. The gap between you were three born. doctors. Well, the gap between the three doctors and the five doctors seems like a huge gap. It's only ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's ten it's, years. Time is relative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the thing is, the five doctors has been well. It's been shown once on mass on BBC One. That was the Children in Need. Yep. Uh, original showing. It got shown. A repeat of it got shown the following summer. Which was in four episodes. Mm, that's uh-huh. the one I watched. That was the one you watched. Oh, well, you'll know what the uh, episode endings were. And I remember <laughs> got, the five dollars got made as a 90-minute special. Uh, special. Yeah. Um, the episode endings, when they decided to hack it into, into four, was Sarah Jane Smith trips over a blade of grass and slides gently down the slope <laughs> of doom. Well... Slope of mild inconvenience. Well, yes, yes. Um, the slope of moderate mm. incline. Yes. Incline. Uh, and basically, uh, end of episode two, Turlow and Susan have to listen to the knocking of the cyber salesman <laughs> of doom. Ooh. Uh, was they unload up? Sort of strange picnic hamper outside the ship. I thought it looked like a coffin. There we go. Well, yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. Episode three. Ah, yes. Showing just how wrong the first Doctor could be. Really? Yeah, well, yes. There's nothing here to harm us, <laughs> says the first, the fake first Doctor to Tegan. Whereupon the Master rapidly chundles down the musical staircase of. Doom. Okay. <laughs> There's uh, a link between all of those. Yes, yeah, the crap, crap cliffhangers, and they weren't designed as such. No. Um, I found that the Five Doctors was actually directed very flatly. Okay. Uh, that first TARDIS scene, for example, is really awkward. The TARDIS scene before they go outside. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He opens up the door, and she just sits there. It's the whole thing lacks pace. Yeah, I, I really mm. felt that when I was rewatching it the other day. It felt so slow. Yeah. Compared to modern Who. Mm. And maybe it worth watching the new edit as well, which added scenes back in, extended scenes, which can't have helped. No, I, 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 the 5, 5.1 mix has. It, it gives it just that little bit more atmosphere. The, thing I, the first thing I noticed was, it's not in widescreen. <laughs> Bizarrely. I mean, it's not in high definition. <laughs> well, it's not in high def too, and it does, it, the pitch quality wasn't great, to be honest. Well, no, but I mean, it was just a typical, like I say, putting, talking, going back to context again. Exactly. You know, it was a typical 1983 BBC production. It was. A multi camera job in studio, single camera, or possibly two if you're lucky, out on location. location. Yeah. I mean, I remember, do remember when it came out. I mean, I was excited as somebody who was very excitable with a mm. special reason for being excited. Um, admittedly, the gaff had been blown by Target Books releasing the book about a week early. Really? Yes. Um, <laughs> had you read it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about such things called spoilers back then. No. Um, and, I mean, I, I loved it when it first came out. Mm, me too. I, that's the first one I ever videoed. 
thing. Well, a friend of ours videoed it, and we were allowed at school to go into the audiovisual room. And in breaks and lunch times, and keep watching it over and over again Ooh, yeah. until That's I stuck great. a pencil in the video recorder for some <clears> bizarre <throat> reason and broke the video recorder. Clever. The thing that sticks in my mind, I mean, uh, the final. <laughs> no, it's in my ear. <laughs> Stop uh, when you meet resistance. That's it. <laughs> uh, the the actual title itself, The Five Doctors, is something of a misnomer to me. Well, yes. I mean, it was originally going to be called The Six Doctors. No, Six because, Doctors. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I mean, Apart from at the beginning and the very end, I mean, sort of Tom Baker had very little to do with it. No, yes. Well, he didn't have anything to do with it at all. I mean, that was just clips taken from Sharda. Ah. Um, he, he was originally intended to be in it, but he refused, didn't he? Well, the original scripts, I mean, the, the trouble was that the, the scripts, hang on, I'm going to try and tell the story very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much of this is apocryphal. So I am not Andrew Pixley, the archivist. Um <laughs> They wanted, obviously, they wanted a special. They managed to get all the doctors on board. But the list of people and companions kept changing. Now, they originally gave the whole premise to one of Doctor Who's best ever writers, Robert Holmes. They wanted him to write it up. And like I said, it wasn't originally going to be called The Six Doctors because Colin Baker was going to come back and reprise his role as Commander Maxwell on Gallifrey. The fourth Doctor, yeah. uh, Again, I don't know if that's apocryphal or not. The fourth Doctor was going to be the Doctor that ended up on Gallifrey exposing Bruce's plot. By the way, if you don't haven't watched the Five Doctors, I've given away the gaff. Well, yeah, expect many spiders. Yes, but it's twenty-five whatever years old. So, so yeah, so you know, so there's a very good chance it. you've already seen it. So. Yes. So the Fourth Doctor was going to be the one on Gallifrey sorting things out. The Fifth Doctor was going to be the one going to uh, the tower, mm-hmm. and I think the First Doctor was going to stay in the ship, okay, um, and advise or something like that. Yeah. However, of course, Tom dropped out, so things had to be shifted around. Robert Holmes turned around and said, "You want me to write what with all this?" Sod that. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, give it to somebody more reliable. Well, not more reliable, but give it to somebody who can do something more like that. <laughs> Derrance. Um, the whole thing's shifted up and down, up and down, up and down. Eventually, they managed to get everybody together. I personally wish they'd been more into Doctor. You know, they'd interacted more. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, mean I love the three Doctors. They were dotted all over the place. You know, they were, they, 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 they caricatures of each other, of themselves. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was played for laughs. Which, again, context, do you actually... I mean, can you actually turn around and criticise the five doctors too much? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, what I mean is, you know, surely a bit. You know, should you just switch off and enjoy it? I mean, it was. But, good yeah. the That's time. a loaded question if oh, you think uh, about it. Yeah, that you could sit there and pick at it. At the same time, Easily. you could just sit back and go, "Oh, come on, it's a bit of fun." Now, it does come during the Eric Sayward run of script right. editing, where magic got removed from Doctor Who, and by magic, I don't mean. Hocus pocus. Mm-hmm. I just mean that every now and again, there was always a sense of wonder and a sense of more to the universe, uh, to a certain extent. Are you sure it's not just you though? Uh, well, it could be, but it, it returned with McCoy and the Andrew, Andrew Cartmel adventures. Oh, Eric okay. Sayward, it was more action adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, Graham yeah. Williams era. Um, you know, you had Guardians. There was Time Lords stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, you still have Time Laws and whatever in, in Eric Sayward, but it just didn't seem... Well, certainly this episode... It's more down-to-earth, and no yeah. pun is intended there. This, this story is definitely tries to be action-adventure. Yeah. No question. Except it's so ponderous. It, it is. It mm. really is slow. Really slow. Uh, but I suppose you're talking about all the sh- reshuffling of the cast. Mm. That presumably explains why there's some very weird pairings up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very much. The second Doctor with... The Brigadier? Yeah. The third Doctor would be Sarah was going to be with the Fourth Doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which again would yeah. obvious. Percy would have been with the Fifth Doctor. Yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, Pertwee would have been with the Fifth Doctor. Uh, uh, Brigadier <laughs> would have been with Pertwee. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who would have been with the Second Doctor. 
in all fairness. Jamie, I think. Well, they yeah. couldn't get him out of the... I think the original plan was he would be in it, but he couldn't at the last uh-huh. minute. But I'm not quite sure. Uh, yeah. Um... And also, that perhaps because of these reshuffles, it makes some slightly odd problems appear, doesn't it? Yeah. Like how... Dynamics don't work. I think just in terms of um, continuity. I mean, how does the second Doctor know about the memory wipes of his two companions? It's because this is the second Doctor from series 6B. 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 Also, I had the question, uh, Susan recognises Cybermen. Well, she, she recognises the Dark Zone, which I suppose she could have done. Um, Hartnell's Doctor knew about the Cybermen before he met them. Did he? He, he knew that Mondas had creatures on them that we'd know uh-huh. who they were. Yeah. So, you know, we should expect visitors when Mondas turns up. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe, maybe. maybe. Stretch it a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> But at least they didn't mess up the stuff with the master. He wasn't recognised by the first doctor. <laughs> Thank God. Well, I don't see why he shouldn't have been. Unless you got the old go for the old thing of time wars only meet each other relative to each other. Yeah. Technically I, I would have thought as time wars recognise each other, the first doctor should have recognised him. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Except maybe. of course the master wasn't technically a time lord. True. His body was a truck and Um Yes, a with a silly pantomime villain outfit. I said certain things in the direction. I mean, I watched Earthshock just before I watched The Five Doctors. Okay. Bad move. Was it? Yes. Earthshock is brilliant. Oh, it is. Again, it's another action adventure. Yes. Adric dies. <laughs> well, is that to it? Moving past the Adric dying bit. <laughs> right. Um, Earthshock, great. Wonderful. Brilliant. Action adventure. Trundles along superbly. Yeah. Yeah, like the Five Doctors, or in my case, or you know, a day later, Five Doctors. Yeah. It's it's so stilted. I mean, there's also there's, um, some very bizarre stuff. The um, soundtrack, for instance. The, the, the reveal of the TARDIS to the First Doctor and Susan. I'll come back to that. Sorry. The, the reveal so, of the... the um, it's a case of... Subjects. They're walking through, um, what, the Welsh countryside? Indeed, that's <laughs> um, a sign of things to come, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's a case of, look, Grandfather... It's the TARDIS, plonk right there in front of them. Well, yeah, like that... they hadn't seen it walking up there. Uh, Maybe it's behind a little bit of cliff or something Perhaps. you couldn't quite see. And, Lo- and some of the dialogue... Large blue box in the middle of nowhere, I mean. Some of the, the emphasis on the dialogue's a bit odd. Castellan um, we're talking... <laughs> possibly. Uh, when in emergency session, the High Council are unanimous, which indeed we are. It didn't make any sense. No, did it? I mean, Barusa mumbles his words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the <laughs> classic, no, not the mind probe. It is bizarrely badly... I mean, he wasn't like... I mean, Paul, it's the, it's the same cast line from Arkham Infinity. Which I don't know that well. Uh, well which is coming doors. out very shortly um, yeah. uh, on DVD. But I saw it was on, but not since. It's, uh, and I don't think he was like that in there. No, it uh, is very odd. It is, it's, it's very, very And it isn't strange. just the Castellan, is it? No. It's that entire setup in that set. Yes. Whatever is happening that day. Uh, uh, drugs, I think. <laughs> Some, somebody put something in the coffee. It's, 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 and even the master. Yeah. Well, I couldn't understand when uh, Universe or Galaxy out the, the Doctor scarcely bears thinking about it took me ages to work out what the hell he was saying in that line. <laughs> well, remember, he has an open-ended, power-boosted transmat beam. Now, here's John Benson with the yeah. price. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, sale of the century. Um, okay. Well, a very handy-dandy transmat beam that, in- that allows you, 
to have your own cloak. Yes, with a big collar. Yeah. Yes, which vanishes again. I know. It's uncanny. And the one of his predecessors line. Was that one of the previous masters, or was that Chancellor Thalia from from Arkham Infinity? Is that where she vanished to? There's nothing I was going to bring up. Is that really the entire High Council? Well, in that one crumbly body. No, No, that's the emergency. I think that's the inner council. Oh, is it? There's two of them. And the president. Yes. And that's it. And by the end, there's one of the, the <laughs> constitutional crisis here. <laughs> and the president on the run. Um, yeah. He's a very busy person. Okay. Well, it, it is. It's, 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 again, the trouble is with the five doctors is because it was such a celebration at the time. We loved it. Yeah, I loved it for years. I kept watching it. Right? And then <laughs> now looking at it, it's, oh. Given the advantage of a 2020 hindsight, I mean, it's all too easy to pick holes in it. Mm, and unfortunately, it is a very big 90-minute target, or longer yeah. if you watch the DVD release. They've done a great job with the DVD release. We will move on to the music. Uh, I just want to say one little thing before you start. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, what I liked about the DVD is the first DVD they released, a Doctor Who DVD, should I say. It might have even been the first BBC Doctor Who DVD, uh, first BBC DVD entirely. Really? I don't know. I'm not entirely certain. They did this great thing where they basically mixed all the music into little suites, about five or six oh, yeah. suites altogether that you could access independently. From then on inwards, the music-only option had it all synchronised with... Yeah, the action. The action on screen, which is a bit of a pain for people like me who likes the incidental music to certain Doctor Who stories, where you've got to record the whole lot and edit it down yourself and turn it into a CD. Unfortunately, on the one series, one DVD they actually release things in suites, the publishing of it, insert naughty word here, dub. <laughs> um, it's too slow. Oh, it's not so much. It's too slow, too low down. It's 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 wrong. Yeah. You know, if you want to listen to it properly, you need to take it into a music editing program and and change its tone and pitch and this, that, and the other, and get it back to how it should be. The thing about the Five Doctors music is that it's very recognisable to fans. One, they've watched the Five Doctors an awful lot. Yeah. Secondly, uh, a suite of it got released on Doctor Who: The Music Two, which got re-released as Doctor Who: The Five Doctors. Mm-hmm. And that music has once again permeated into people's heads. I like it. I think it's quite iconic in certain ways. You know, you can mm-hmm. recognize the Cyberman march from that, uh, which was very different to Malcolm Clark's Cyber March from Earthshock. Yes. Um, you can recognize the Dalek thingy. The token Dalek. And the token Dalek. The fart mm-hmm. of Rassilon, mm-hmm. uh, which made a, a comeback yes. in the 40th anniversary <clears throat> of Zagreus Audio. Um, <laughs> that was a spoiler if you haven't heard Zagreus. Um, and yes. I mean, I, I, I quite like it. But. The Five Doctors was very much a product of its time. That's the 20th anniversary season of Doctor Who, which wasn't its best series. Go on, start. You know you want to. Oh, I know. I've been <coughs> chattering a little bit this. I mean, where do I start? I mean, as you, <laughs> as you so quaintly uh, coined the phrase, the fart of Rassilon, I mean, that's what it was. I mean, everyone... It was a goat horn. A goat horn? It sounded like was somebody was stepping on a frog. <laughs> I take your word for it. <laughs> I've never... St- have you ever stepped on a frog? Stamped, maybe. Stamped on a smurf. On a smurf. I mean, I just found it irritating and intrusive. <laughs> oh, look, there's a Tower of Rassilon. Uncanny. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know whose idea that was. Whoever it was, they should be taken out, tied up by their f- legs, and had the soles of their feet beaten with electrical cable. Remind me not to email Steve Roberts uh, with the podcast update email, (laughs) because he can tell Mark, who will probably tell Peter. Um, 
may not have been his idea. Maybe no, don't. I don't know. He probably basically turned around and sort of said, we need something distinctive. <clears throat> yeah. Distinctive, What's yes. That? <laughs> Annoying, no. <laughs> I, 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 I would disagree. Um, they used it too many times. If they had used it sparingly, then yes. No, I could agree with you on that. Definitely. But I, I, all in all, I think the music, to a certain extent, whilst it's not Peter Howe's best score, it's certainly the most fam- one of the most familiar. Um, I mean, I've got no complaints with the actual score itself. As you say, it's just the fart of Rattalon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, read it. Get rid of it. You got some more points? Oh, where do I start? Oh, God. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so what, what was it with Barusa, huh? Why did he get through regenerations quicker than the Doctor? Well, he's older than the Doctor. Mm. Pieces regenerate every few months. Well, it's been like Quatermass. He, he regenerated because people kept popping their clogs. Yeah, um, is this guy off on a venture somewhere and gets killed all the time? Or no, you never know. It's the pressure of public life. Kill himself, is he? You know? Well, why do you <laughs> think he wants to live him? forever? <laughs> you know? Regeneration every... Uh, oh, I don't know. It, obviously, it's an actor problem. Yeah, but but and it was an actor problem in the Five Doctors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we were taking no chances. So, what? so why, <laughs> when he goes into his little um, control room hidden behind the harp there? Yes. Why does he swap into this black clothing? Well, I think it's something to do with the transmatty thingy. It must be. I I, I don't know quite what happens there. He kind of walks in there before he doesn't have to get changed into his black costume. Then quickly change back out for every. Comes back well, I think they to... just had too much money Maybe with the costume bu- budget. Maybe. You know, the master got an extra cloak. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's... With a high collar. You can just imagine Barusa there wants to do something evil, but he can't actually change his costume first. Well, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't do something evil wearing the white robes well, of, 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 of the president, well, of the I high mean, council, of the time lords. University recognised as the colour of a baddie, so. Well, pretty, pretty blatant. They were trying to imply that it was the master. Yes, of course. Well, the original draft, it was the master. Oh, was it? Yes, and then they said, no, that's too obvious. <laughs> so instead, the, the master had a chance to help himself to immortality. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it's nice, I suppose, that they've kind of reflected that offer the the High Council gave to the master, a new set of regenerations but in Barusa. the new series. Oh, see what I mean, yeah. So well, for enough, the, for the time Barusa war, wanted. they effectively gave him a new set of lives. We resurrected him. So he got what they were offering just a lot later. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, next. Next up. I, I was always a big fan of the Cybermen. I like Daleks. I, I know you're a Dalek, man. I like Cybermen. Man. But I actually quite liked Five They got really badly treated in Five Doctors. So. Yes. But I quite liked it. Oh, the Cybermen. They, got they had it trounced. kicked out of them. <laughs> they really did. But I really... I mean, that, that fight to the Raston Warrior robot, the mm. guy in the Leotard. Which unfortunately yeah. looked an awful lot like their own Guardian androids from Earthshock, except silver instead of black. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's that a great fight. Yeah, oh, well, that was actually directed by JNT. Was it really? One thing JNT was very good at, even though he, right, he directed that, one yeah. thing JNT was superb at, and one of the best people around it was editing. Ah. And that is very, very tightly edited, that. It is that good, good sequence. In fact, so much so, I mean, I, I wore out my video cassette watching it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Play, free one. The sound oh, went that. on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially watching the cyber leader throw up. Yeah, the sound. Yeah, milk. that was rather interesting, that was. Do you want to retell the story of how that happened? I don't know. You don't? No. Oh, it was David Banks, wasn't it? Who Excellent. Was, who was um, at the catering van, as you are, and he asked for a glass of milk, and it was sour, and he spat oh. it out. And he thought, 
hey, that's a good idea. I can do that on the fight. And so he did. Right. That's him with milk, presumably not sour. Yeah. <laughs> just spitting it out. Unless he was doing it method. Yeah, well, maybe. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> that's how that came about. It wasn't in the script. It was just well, something never. he thought up. You see, there's always something to learn. That's it. I mean, so tw- yeah, twenty odd years old the episode was screened. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so di- yeah, so digging up trivia, yeah, so pieces of trivia like that. Probably picked it up in some convention. Mm. <laughs> I'm a little surprised. What else you got there? Oh my word! Uh... Oh, 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 oh dear! Ah. Should we have a, a list of the of Rassilon? Yes. <laughs> okay, we've got the game of Rassilon. Uh, that's Palatoy. <laughs> yeah. Or MB Games. I'm not sure. Hasbro. The Black Scrolls of Rassilon. Mm. That's W H Smith. I think that's his porn collection. Right. <laughs> the Tomb of Rassilon. Ah. The Harp of Rassilon. Ah, that's Hobgoblin music. Uh, yeah. Fender. <laughs> the Coronet of Rassilon. That's Alec Gillis. The yeah. Ring Kind of Rassilon. Hearts, the Ring of Dove. <laughs> that's JNT. <laughs> and the Mind of Rassilon. Which is reaching out to us to ask where his pink and purple polka dot pajamas of Rassilon are. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, the list I which got. It does make you wonder if yeah. everything is of Rassilon. Yes. How the hell did Omega hand, wangle the hand of Omega? <laughs> did he walk to the hand of Omega? I mean, does this explain why he ended up being betrayed by Rassilon? Yeah. You know, Omega got what? He got that. Sod that. Yeah, Blow a, him up. You know, a cult of some kind going there on there. There wasn't a great deal of Omega in uh, The Three Doctors, though. Uh, well, no, there wasn't even a Handsworth. <laughs> no, I mean, he was just all, he was just kept alive by willpower alone. What else you got? Ooh, uh, Ooh um, on Sidemen. Sidemen, still mm-hmm. Sidemen. Sidemen. You're obsessing. Go on. Indeed. Yes. There's that scene. Ah, uh, the grunt. The, the grunt. grunt. The grunt, yes, I was oh, going to no, mention no. the grunt. The deleted Go grunt, on. it got deleted from the special edition. The, oh. oh. Simon yeah. walks over the hill, oh, this one. Oh, oh. and then goes back to say that he has yeah. found the ones from the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't oh. notice they deleted And then the, the Kermit the Frog Sideman pipes up. <laughs> I shall take the control and destroy them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's a way flapping his arms wildly. Uh, and, yeah, um, yeah. They do do that sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Watch the tack of the Simon. Uh, sorry, go on. <laughs> I was thinking the, uh, the scene with the Brigadier and the second Doctor. Uh, the Sideman in jeans. Crep. Really? <laughs> they crouch down by a wall with yes. a hole in it. Yes. And his hand comes through. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Why was there a side man behind this wall waiting for something to. <laughs> what was he to be put through that hole? <laughs> Who's turning the, the barrel? from the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's turning the barrel? Was it this time? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, nice, nice little touch where he hits Simon. it and you hear this foley dubbed clang. Yeah. Which has got totally the wrong ambience and wrong reverb for it. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. And there's a case of, huh? What's that over there? Those tall silver figures that look like Cybermen in the fog. It's the Tower yeah. of Rassilon. The Wah. occasional fog that appears and disappears. Yeah. Yes. Unca- well, actually, I think that's from the uh, actors themselves. Yeah. Um, it's so cold. You've that- heard, you mean, you've heard the story about how they managed to. Uh, how Pertwee and the Sladen managed to keep themselves from going blue mm. uh, because of the cold. No. They ended up just stood there slapping each other's faces. Okay. <laughs> That's the one scene where they needed to slap fog. each other's faces. Oh. When she's about to fall down the slope, where she put up the, sl- up the slope. Yeah. There's no fog to be the seen except a little fog machine. Gentle incline of doom. Yeah. But in the other scenes where the sidemen are kind of gathered around. You know, pea soup of fog. 
<laughs> Welsh countryside. Yeah. And so, uh, another daft fact you didn't know. Slight, because of the... Um, slight continuity error, I think. Um, yeah, well, they're up on the hill there, weren't they? Mm, Overlooking yeah. this scene because promises made to aliens have no validity. Um, it's a conservative, if I've right. Uh, the, um, <laughs> the reason they're up on the hill is to make them look taller. Because they're actually Welsh extras who are actually quite short. But yeah. Welsh equity or something like mm-hmm. that turned around and said, you've got to use Welsh, Welsh extras for this. So instead of having really tall Cybermen, you had really short Cybermen. I mean, we had to reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. Oh, indeed. Yes, which is because the, the, the third doctor said that so many times, didn't he? <laughs> Once. <laughs> Did he? Once. Sea devils. I thought. Ah, he's reversed the polarity a couple of times. Oh, okay. Ah. Ah, but reversed the polarity of the neutron flow he only said in the sea devils. And then the fifth doctor said it in Water and Undead. Did he? And then Pertwee says it in there. He reverses the polarity a few times. Fair dues. But that's it. So they go in there and they drop the shield so Bruce can teleport in. Yes. That was Bruce's big plan. Yes. So what was all that business with putting on these Cybermen and Daleks and... It was a game. Mm. A game within a game. So he needs the Doctor to get into the tomb... So he can get in. So let's put a load of bad guys who kill the doctor. He's doing it in the spirit of things. <laughs> so that well, Rassilon I mean, would approve and grant him immortality. I mean it was yeah. it was the death zone. I mean, as as they stated in previous history in less enlightened times, uh-huh. I mean it was used as a gladiatorial arena. Yeah, fine. But what a great way to destroy your plan. Put the doctors in there. All the doctors from the everywhere, every pit of the time stream. So the future doctors didn't exist at this point, presumably. And they all get wiped out. You well, bit stuffed, then, honey. No, 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 no. Remember, <laughs> yeah, the doctor's his favourite pupil. Hardly walk in. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> the doctor's his favourite pupil. Now, again, it begs the question, why would you put your favourite pupil in there? But if you know anybody's going to be able to get through all this, it's going to be him. Except he hadn't thought it through to its final conclusion. If he's going to be able to defeat all these bad guys and get in yeah. there, surely... He's going to be able to see through me. I'd <laughs> yeah. better put on this fetching coronet of Rassilon. Mm, TM. Oh, yeah. And the black costume. Yes. Yes. His black costume. Yes, because yes. it's important. It mm. just. What the hell was he thinking? <laughs> I don't think he was. I think the scriptwriter wasn't thinking. <laughs> um, poor old Terence. I think poor old Terence. I, I, I feel sorry for me because he had one hell of oh, a yeah. job. How the hell do you make all this sit together? Multi doctors. I mean. Mm. Multi doctor, multi companions. JNT's shopping list. Yeah. You know, it's Whatever of... companions you could get on the day. Yep. It's easy as pie. <laughs> yes, now that that's Yeah, yeah. what was all that? Um what did they just played hopsquash yeah, hopscotch across the uh, across those Does that make any sense slabs? to anybody? No. no. So there's this board. Yes. And every time across the combination changes in yes. some way. So there's Worth. some variable here. I think so. That the master can see Yes. So he knows what the current board state is, no yes. matter how many people have been across it before. Yes. And he does it. Because he's a time lord and he's clever. Yeah, but, pi- yeah, but and he pi, can pi, go, is a, <laughs> pi is a pi is a constant. I mean, if it changes every time, I mean, it's complete baloney. The, the whole variable thing. There's no variable there. Let alone the whole constant. I think thing. they again in Zagreus. I think they tried a different explanation of the whole board thing. Oh, with yeah. the pie thing, uh, and, and no, that all that fell apart as well. Yeah. Mm. Again, it's one of those things you don't look too closely at. <laughs> <laughs> Another 
slight failure there on the yeah. last part. A little, little bit. <laughs> but uh, overall, though, it's it was good in its time, but it does creak badly. As you yes, say, I mean, it, it was a product of its, it's time. It's dreadful shame it creaks so badly nowadays because I have very, very, very fond memories of it. Oh, we all yeah. have very fond memories of it. The fond memories of the old 20th anniversary Radio Times that came along uh, with it. There's not a patch on the 10th anniversary uh, Radio I Times. I never saw that. Uh, I've still got it. I wasn't born in 73. I've still got it. Well, you saw the 30th anniversary radio, uh, DWM version with uh, Sylvester McCoy on the front. Uh, I never had it, but... Oh, uh, uh, I wish I still had mine. It vanished. Um, but they essentially copied the format of the 10th anniversary one and just extended it all the way through to the end of Sylvester McCoy's run. Okay. And uh, the 10th anniversary special was something else. I mean, you can you can think you can probably still get them uh, the re- reprinted versions. Yeah, I've got a reprinted version of the twentieth. My twentieth died very. I think I've still got my twentieth version. Too much, yeah, really it, it, it wasn't a patch on, on the tenth anniversary. But sorry, it just it just it just wasn't. Take over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 like the five doctors, but we feel that it had its day. It could do with an edit. Take out about twenty mm. minutes, maybe to speed it up. <laughs> yeah, but even then, again, context. Yeah, context oh, yeah. is everything. It's amazing. In ninety minutes, it's there. There's probably less going on than there is the forty-five mm. minutes episode. Well, I mean, how long have we been recording this podcast for? About two and a half hours now. Oh, Near three. And you know, there's less going on here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of less going on, I mean, I, I, I mean, let's face facts <clears throat> and context. Right. Um. Next month. Well, no, the month after next. And we're telling you this now. The month after next, or the podcast after next, we're not sure quite what's happening here. We'll explain all Same afterwards. Podcasts are safe. Yeah, but we're going to be doing the Green Death. Um, so if you've got any comments or thoughts about the Green Death, contact us either using our blog or forum yep. on www.staggeringstories.net or email us at show at staggeringstories.net. However, next, next time, our, our next Doctor Who section, we're going to be covering an unearthly child. I mean, why not? After all, that's how it all started. More Denmark. You want more Denmark? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, right. you sure? Can you take the assignment? A swim in the sea and sunbathing are often enough, but by the sea you have time for yourself and each other. Oh, time yeah. to read books, collect pretty shells, watch crabs scuttle along, <laughs> or hunt for amber. Who? What's she do? That's hunt, hunt for, for amber. amber. How do they get away with this? Uh, well, um, it's uh, it some sort of... I'm assuming it's a PR firm that's been uh, basically... Uh, Great job. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just seeing what's on the cover. There's a big sticker. DLT Media. Please do not take away. Oops. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit too late for that now. You can return it. They never know. Yes. Well, no, I did ask the opticians. I have a feeling it might not, it should not have been actually in the opticians. They'll never know. It's but gone. face facts, I mean, if it was left by somebody in the opticians, they probably couldn't see the sticker on the front in the first place. <laughs> Anyway, we've got some letters here that have come in since we started this long marathon session of recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> two lots. It's uh, you know, been a while since they've done two deliveries in a day. Uh, well, I, 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 yes. Um, anyway, uh, first of all, you've got one there. I have. Who's it from? Uh, have a guess. Dear uh, team. Oh, dear God. Our yep. venerable leader. You've all done very well. Yours, George McFadden. <laughs> 
been a long, long week. Um, I, 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 I've got one here. Uh, I think we may have upset somebody. <clears throat> what? Us? Never. <laughs> <laughs> um, dear Staggering Stories, I wish to take time out from my outdoors barbecue and hunting for Amber to complain about how you have been uh, commenting about our country. Ah. Why, oh it's all fun, fun, fun. Only the other day I had to stop my wine. crazy fun pursuit of water sports uh -huh. to write this letter. Yours, crazily, Anders Bakenson. Okay. Oh, uh, dear. That's, well, that's Denmark have ended. Yeah, are we in danger here? Uh, do you like bacon? I don't want to be bacon. Uh, dear. Um, or barbecues. Andy, you've um, basically received a call from the most haunted team. Yes, I have. And what did they have to tell you? What did Evie have to tell you amongst her screams? <laughs> well, screams of pleasure. Uh -huh. <laughs> ah, well, Mary loves Dick. Anyway, anyway. Um, yes, I have a message channeled through Derek Akora uh -huh. from my esteemed colleague Keith. Oh, right. Mm. Ah, well, um, hopefully that'll get Adam off the murder charge. Go on. Mm. Well, um... It says, Mary loves Dick. No, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It begins, you bastards. Uh-huh. Surprise, mm -hmm. surprise. Yep. You told me to expect harps and fluffy clouds, hmm. and all I have here is a small room with a rickety wooden chair and a poster of a smug-looking Richard Dawkins. Oh, dear. Mm. <laughs> well, my fault. That, um, that's, um, that, that, that's, that proved, really. Uh, now, shall we... Just, kind of. Um, shall we go and prove that black is white and get killed on the next zebra crossing? You can volunteer for that one. All right. Yeah, I, I, I have the padding. Ahem. <clears throat> Naturally. Uh, well, yeah. I think that's about it for this particular uh, podcast mm -hmm. thingy-me-bobby. So Thank God. Seems like. Yes. Um, I, right. You've got to go down to the police station and give uh, fingerprints and DNA samples. Again? And be, and be locked in a big in a cell with a big hairy man called Bert. Oh, God. Um, and uh, I, 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 I'm going to go and get some sleep. You, Crumbly, can carry on cleaning up. Mm, okay. Pass the sponge. Uh, dear. <clears throat> Toodles. Bye. And this is me signing off. Oh, God, he's done it again. Yep. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, Series 1, Number 4, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, and Tony Galichon. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is a McFadden Publishing production for www.staggeringstories.net. God, I need to breathe when I do this. Ha, ha, ha.